It's time to raise your voice. It's time to be heard. Because everything counts. Everything matters. Good news. Christian values. Alabama's Christian Talk Radio. With Greg Davis. Priority Talk. Hey, hey, and we are live. Welcome to Priority Talk Radio. I'm your host tonight. My name is Nate Williams. Greg is out and about doing the Lord's work. If you know Greg, you know he's always doing some really cool stuff, always serving. And so uh, he's not in tonight, uh, so y'all have me. And uh, with me, I have Stuart. Stuart does a great job. Uh, he produces, he helps everything on the show to run smoothly. So glad to have him. And so, uh, Stuart, how are you? Doing good, doing good. Good to hear it. And so, uh, yeah, it's been it's been beautiful outside, hasn't it? Uh, just uh, what an amazing stretch of weather, a little little windy, a little breezy, uh, warm. Uh, it's been incredible. Now, my grass, it's, it's, it's suffering in the front yard. Last couple years, I've been trying to get it to grow, and so it was doing okay. But uh, this last month has been a little tough. So if it could rain a day or two, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't fight it. But, yeah, beautiful weather. Um, I know we're not a sports talk radio uh, show, and so I won't talk about sports too much, but briefly visiting the college football scene from this past weekend, um, I do have an apology to make. Uh, UAB surprised me, and I got that really wrong. I had a couple people roast me for that. I was like, man, Middle Tennessee State, they, you know, they beat Miami. I thought they were looking good, and UAB you know they they beat them pretty good so i gotta apologize to my uab fans out there for my lack of faith uh Stuart, i think you got that one right didn't you yeah, i went three for three somehow so. you went three for three mm-hmm. man what a baller and so yeah there's that um <clears throat> So I think with where our uh, radio stretches out to, we probably have some Middle Tennessee State fans as well. So uh, sorry, y'all, about the spanking UAB fans. I'm sorry for my lack of faith. And then moving to Alabama, uh, that game just about gave me a heart attack. Yeah. Oh, man, that was that was a tough one. They 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 did everything they could to to let that one go. And they managed to pull it out, I guess. uh, Props to the defense there for for holding at the end. But um, but yeah. And then uh, uh, if you're an Auburn fan, you kind of expected it if you were an Auburn fan. Let's be honest. Yeah. You you always have that little bit of you that's like, maybe this time they just barely beat Missouri. Nah, it wasn't happening. No, it wasn't happening this week. So, yeah, that that was a rough one. But anyways, moving on from college football, uh, we'll get to our picks next week. Um, Excuse me, probably about this Friday we'll do our picks again. But, yeah, that's just a quick little uh, update. And uh, so today is Columbus Day. So happy Columbus. 
Columbus Day. If you uh, if you realized it was Columbus Day, great. If not, it, don't worry. It won't, it won't hurt you. It's also Indigenous Peoples Day, and there's you know all the reasons for that. The politics, the the past history. Um, people have various thoughts on it, and so people will ask me, Nate, what do you think of Columbus Day? And uh, I will say uh, a couple things. Uh, one, I think we need to be able to have some nuance there. Uh, Columbus was an incredible explorer. He did a lot of cool things. Uh, his story of uh, perseverance, traveling from uh, you know uh, kingdom to kingdom. He tried. So he was uh, Columbus was born in 1451 and died in 1506. And so I'm no mathematician, but I believe that's about 55 years, give or take, uh, if, if I have that right. And so uh, he went, uh, he was a great explorer. Eventually he got funding from, I believe it was the, uh, he tried to get funding from King John II of Portugal, but was denied aid. Eventually in 1486, he was in Spain and he eventually got support from King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella after many tries. He got rejected a couple times, but kept with him. Eventually, he got funding, ships, and all that, and he set sail. He had several voyages. And so, uh, from an exploration side of things, he was incredibly brave, and uh, braver than I am. And so, did did some cool things there. And then, uh, you do have some unfortunate parts of his life, right? Um, uh, Some racist statements, stances. Uh, He didn't help with colonialism and, and enslaving some of the natives of the places he went to, his attempts at least to do that. And so obviously there are ugly sides to him as well. And guess what? Guess what? In my mind, that makes him human. Like there is no figure out there who is perfect in every way. And so if you look at anyone's flaws, they're, they're going to be there. And so I think we need to be able to be mature grown-ups when we look at these things. We can celebrate someone's good attributes. We can celebrate the, you know, the, the achievements that they make while also being like, hey, they had flaws. We don't want to follow examples A, B, and C that they set. And so we should educate, make people aware, while also celebrating the good parts of a person. You know, uh, something, uh, someone that comes to mind is David. Think about how complex and nuanced a person David is. He did some great things for the Lord. He was a man after God's own heart. And so we celebrate that. However, we also know that he was a murderer. He murdered Uriah, Bathsheba's wife, excuse me, Bathsheba's husband. And he also, uh, you know, uh, slept with Bathsheba, you know, out of marriage and uh, all the things that came from that. And so he wasn't a perfect man either. And so we have to be able to celebrate the good while also criticizing the bad. And the answer is not to erase history, in my mind, take down statues, remove people from museums, just tell the full story. That's that's my thoughts on it. Uh, tell the full story. Let people know, hey, this person was actually human. 
And so I think that also goes for, uh, you know, pastors, ministers as well. Like, just don't act like you're perfect. Don't act like you have it all together. Let people know as is appropriate, you know, your struggles and things like that. Again, as a, as is appropriate, you don't need to treat everyone as your therapist and share everything. But we just get into this black and white way of viewing the world and humans don't fit into that mold. And then if you're you come from a certain train of thought, you want to cancel those who have flaws. And then eventually the cancel machine, it starts with Columbus. It starts with certain people here and there. And eventually it'll get to you as well because humans are not perfect. And so that's my thoughts on Columbus Day. Celebrate the good. Educate our children on on the good and the bad. Just tell the full story, and uh, yeah, I'm all for it. And so those are those are some of my thoughts there. And I, I think it's wise because uh, particularly with the church, um, it, it might help with uh, scandals in a way. So moving from Columbus to celebrity pastors, theologians. I know uh, you know one guy I was a huge fan of was uh, Robbie Zacharias, and uh, you we. Uh, you may or may not know he was a famous international apologist and evangelist. He went across the globe, preached to thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people, I would guess, by some point, a beloved figure. And then it turns out that uh, in his private life, he wasn't the best guy. And I'm not going to go into details with it, but that hurt me pretty good when he fell because uh, as, as someone who's an apologist myself, uh, I really looked up to him, but I made him one dimensional because I looked up to him. He was perfect in my eyes. He could do no wrong. How often do we do this with pastors? Do we do this with theologians? And when they fall, it really impacts us because uh, we didn't have a nuanced view of human nature. And that's really what we need. We need to have a better understanding of human nature. And so I think uh, with Columbus Day, with our pastors, our ministers, just recognize that we're human. And so we'll keep talking about some of these things on the other side of the break. But don't turn the dial. Don't change the station. We'll be back on WXJC Radio Priority Talk. One Point USA is a security company serving churches and businesses in the state of Alabama. Don't wait until something happens to protect your employees and your valuable property. One Point USA's experienced staff understands your security needs and wants to help you before a problem arises. From video surveillance to card access control and commercial security systems, One Point USA has got you covered. Call One Point USA today at 205-701-0191. That's 205-701-0191 or visit OnePointUSA.com. That's the number OnePointUSA.com. OnePointUSA. Be secure. Greg Davis here, and I want to remind you of Priority Talk's longest-running advertiser, and that's Today's Family Dentistry, your friendly dental practice conveniently located in downtown Coleman. Make your appointment to see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Keetan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, along with an experienced and certified team of dental technicians, along with a friendly staff, I might add, who serve both children and adults with a wide range of dental services. That includes general and restorative care, along with the cosmetic enhancements to meet all of your family's dental needs. Today's Family Dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield All Kids, and most commercial insurances. Give them a call today and make your appointment. 256-739-739. 256-739-3337. That's Today's Family Dentistry located in downtown Coleman. 
Call today and make your appointment, 256-739-3337. Today's Family Dentistry in downtown Coleman. Hey, Birmingham, we are Chosen Road. And you're listening to Priority Talk. All right. Mighty fine. Hey, hey, welcome back to Priority Talk Live. I'm your host, Nate Williams. Uh, Greg, for tonight, is out of the studio. He's out and about traveling, doing some great things for the kingdom. So y'all be praying for him. Uh, He's always, uh, you know, doing some really cool stuff. And so y'all have me tonight. And so, uh, yeah, we're on WXJC Radio. Remember, we have an app. Uh, We have uh, social media accounts, Facebook and uh, Instagram. So y'all check those things out. Um, If you want to call in, the number is 205-941-1011. And uh, hop into the conversation. I'd love to have you. And so uh, in the previous section, we talked about Columbus Day. What do we think about it? What should we think about it? And now my job is not to tell you what to think, but I just offer a perspective. If you agree with me, wonderful. If you disagree with me, great. Um, we love a good conversation. So feel free to call and tell me your thoughts on that. And then, uh, yeah, moving on to some more news for today. Uh, there's a PayPal story. And this was talked about in Right Side Radio, and I'll continue that conversation. And so uh, the Daily Wire reported the financial services company was going to change uh, their policy. They would have banned the promotion of what they deem that's an important part of it, what they deem as misinformation, Uh, hate, violence, racial, or other forms of intolerance that is discriminatory. And if you had engaged in that behavior, again, what they think is that behavior, PayPal was going to fine users $2,500 for spreading that misinformation through the platform. Now, when I say misinformation, I put that in air quotes because here's the thing. Here is the thing. A lot of these speech codes, they sound good on the surface. Well, we just don't want, you know, people spreading lies and people spreading propaganda. And like, On one hand, you can get it in theory, right? Because bad information can lead to some terrible things. However, what happens is someone has to be the gatekeeper. And we saw that with COVID, where you had the actual truth when it came to vaccines, boosters, uh, masks, things like that, was openly suppressed by social media companies, by uh, YouTube. They would censor and demonetize, deplatform people. And it turns out that those people that were banned turned out, in some cases, they were right. Right. 
And so a lot of people, uh, you know, thought, okay, this is not great. This is this mis- misinformation campaign. What do we do about it? And so PayPal was going to hop on that train and potentially, in, in my mind, this is just my opinion. So uh, don't don't come at me on social media, uh, but I, it sounds a little bit like theft, you know, to take two thousand five hundred dollars uh, to to find users if they spread misinformation, whatever PayPal deems as misinformation, uh, it it could lead to some dangerous things. And so when the Daily Wire reported that, there was a massive massive backlash against PayPal, and it. PayPal quickly changed their policy, and they claimed that the new guidelines were published in error and apologize for the confusion this has caused. And this has really hurt their stock value. It fell nearly $6 billion, uh, according to the Daily Wire. And so, yeah, people did not like it. And so there's a lot of things you can do with this. You can say, yay, uh, this, this awful move was stopped. And that's good. But in a way, you know it's coming. You have social media media companies, uh, I guess, combining with other regular companies, banking institutions, oftentimes with the encouragement of the government being used almost as an arm of the government to shut down the private sector, free speech, and things like that. And uh, it's very scary, which is why if it continues in this direction, I don't know what legal things can be done, but there are probably options there when it comes to lawsuits and things like that. But also, as conservatives, we can't just complain. Because sometimes we'll do that. We'll just complain, and then we'll go on with our day. No, I think, uh, depending on what's appropriate and the situation, let's build alternatives. If this is what's going to happen, and regular companies, food companies, drink companies, banking institutions, starts taking sides on social issues, whether it's abortion, homosexuality, whatever it might be, if they're going to take sides, well, uh, we might need to build alternatives and uh, you know have our own structures and systems so that when we are canceled for holding biblical views, such as you know pro-life positions, natural biblical marriage between man and a woman, and we hold those views that we've held for thousands of years and we're canceled for it, we can continue to live our life because we have these popular, well-run companies that we can go to when we're shut out. So we need good alternatives. Let's not just complain. Let's just not complain and then go on, but let's do something about it. So we need our engineers. We need our uh, computer scientists. We need all the above. You know, We need our uh, business men and businesswomen. We need uh, just everyone with our ingenuity. And let's do something about it. And let's do it well. You know, just uh, often think about the way that Christian movies sometimes were in the past, where uh, the, the heart behind it was good with Christian movies. You wanted good, wholesome content. And, and I get that. But sometimes the quality at times just was lacking, the script writing and stuff like that. And it was a good start. But if you see Christian movies today compared to how they were maybe 20 30 years ago it's night and day the quality that they're that what's being done now and that's great we want to not only do things but we want to do them 
well. So when we provide alternatives, let us, let's not just be a reactionary thing, but an actionary thing, creating something good, beautiful, something that stands for the truth and actually has its own values besides just reacting from stuff. Because when you just react and that's all you're doing is reacting, you're not going to be building anything for the future because once the backlash dies down, so too does the thing that you just created. And so we don't want to do that. So that PayPal story I wanted to bring to your attention if you did not already know about it. But uh, yeah, it's something called uh, soft authoritarianism, soft totalitarianism. Hard authoritarianism is when the government cracks down on stuff. And when the government does it, like, man, it's rough. But in a place like America that really values free speech, sometimes the government doesn't have that capability. And we're, I'm very happy and proud of that. The government doesn't have that power. But what happens then is that behind the scenes, the government works with social media companies and, and big players in the private sector and says, hey, I can't do this because I'm the federal government. But you as a private sector business can. And then what happens with soft authoritarianism is businesses do the bidding of the federal government and they start banning people. They start deplatforming. This has happened with banks. This has happened with uh, now we see with PayPal financial institutions where if you don't stand for certain values, it kind of looks like China to be honest because the social credit system. Now it's not the government banning you. It's the federal, uh, excuse me, it's the private sector and that's soft authoritarianism. And so it can be very dangerous and so we need to be aware of that and not let it happen not let it go and uh, and so we need to as christians make sure people know about it make sure people are aware and also let's build alternatives as necessary this is wxjc radio priority talk don't go anywhere i'll talk to you soon The UAB football season is in full swing and tickets are on sale now to see your Blazers in action at Protective Stadium. Visit UABsports.com to grab your tickets and stay updated on all of the latest information about upcoming games, great promotions, and deals for the whole family. Single game tickets start at just $20. Grab your seats today at UABsports.com. Don't miss a minute of the action. UAB Blazer football tickets on sale now at UABsports.com. UAB football, win is one. It's time for gospel singing and fun for all ages on November 5th at the Ryan's Creek Baptist Church Fall Festival. The fun begins at 3 p.m. with a special appearance at 6 from Brian Freeze and Assurance. The festival will be held at 24849 County Road, 222 Bremen, Alabama, 35033. Call 601-650-6283 for more information. Are you listening or just joined us? Guess what? It's time to call Greg at 205-941-1011. And now, back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like, ooh, ah, yeah, ooh, my life be yeah, like, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, yeah, ooh, 
Hey, hey, welcome back to Priority Talk Radio. I'm glad to have you. My name is Nate Williams. I'm hosting tonight. Greg is uh, traveling. He's on the road. He's doing some uh, great things as always, serving the kingdom, spreading the word. And so y'all have me tonight. Uh, Stuart's in the studio. Uh, Stuart's great. Helps out. Make sure everything runs awesome. Uh, Stuart, how are you doing tonight? Doing great. Good to hear it. Good to hear it. And so in the first section of five o'clock hour, we talked about uh, Columbus Day. What to think about it? How should you think about it? So we had a little conversation with that. And then in the second section, we talked about uh, PayPal and uh, their efforts to uh, stop misinformation. Uh, however, that would have worked and potentially fining users $2,500 if you were found to have been doing this uh, behavior, whatever that behavior might be, whatever they deem as misinformation. And so uh, I talked about as Christians, we should not be complaining when people do things like this, other than I, I say that, yes, there should be some public pressure and there should be backlash. So there's that. But once that's done, don't just complain to complain. Let's build alternatives. Let's 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 do better. Let's be better. And so and so I think that's where we should be geared towards. And I always talk about this uh, with with my friends when I teach classes and Bible studies that we need Christians at every level of society. So Greg and I have been talking the last couple of weeks about the sexual education in schools and how just some of the curriculum's really terrible. Well, guess what we need? We need Christian teachers. We need Christian administrators. We need Christian uh, principals, university presidents, professors. And let's do something about it. You know, we need Christians building technology. We need scientists and engineers. Uh, we need Christian entertainers. You know, we often complain about the music that comes out. We're like, man, that's a lot of garbage. A lot of, you know, it objectifies women, talks about drugs. And then, well, if we don't like it, let's go produce some excellent music. Go out and be the musicians you want to hear. We have a lot of talent out there. You know, we'll complain about movies and we're like, man, a lot of the movies coming out of Hollywood are garbage. Well, I agree, but let's go do something about it. Let's go make our own movies. Let's make them high quality, good script writing, CGI, whatever it might be, and let's go be excellent for the glory of God. Or we can just complain about it. And so I say, let's let's do that. Let's go. Let's go change the world. Let's produce something that the world sees. And it's like, man, that is some great stuff. Um, I was looking at some numbers and there are around, I think there are over 300 million Americans in this country. Wow, that was redundant. Americans in this country. There are 300 million over uh people in this country, I should say, around 330 million, I believe. And out of that, depending on the numbers you look at, there are around 66% of, the, of that number, 66% of them are Christians, or at least profess to be Christians. Well, I'm no mathematician, like I said before, but that's around, give or take, 200 million Christians that's a lot of Christians in this country. So roughly two thirds of Americans are Christian or profess to be. So 
what are we doing when we just whine about stuff? There's a lot of us. Let's go and and use our God-given talents, our God-given abilities, and let's go be great. Now, I don't say great so that we can brag about it, but when we create excellent things, that reflects the God we worship. That reflects Jesus and our walk with God because people will ask us, where did you get inspiration for the things that you do? And then we point people right to Jesus. And so it's not so that we are great or we are excellent for our own name. We want to point to Jesus Christ. And speaking of Jesus, that leads me into my next uh, news article for today. The Christian Post reported on this, and the title is uh, Survey Reveals What Teens Think think of Jesus. So there was a survey. Teens were asked what they thought about Jesus, and the numbers are incredibly good. So uh, Barna posed this question, uh, let's see, to nearly 25,000 teens in 26 countries and got encouraging answers. So that's a lot of people. And so it's very rare that teens think poorly of Jesus, Barna says. 49% of teens describe Jesus as loving. 46% believe that he offers hope. And 43% says that they, they, they say that he cares about people. That is a great number. And so, uh, you know, then moving from Jesus to the Bible, when Barna asked the teens if they believe the Bible teaches about living a meaningful life, 38% agreed strongly. 36% said that the Bible helps them understand their purpose in life. And 34% said it helps them to live wisely in today's society. Those, again, I I think are are good numbers uh, with, with the world that we're living in today. It means that people that know about Jesus think highly of him. And so I think that's really encouraging. Now, if you're sitting there and you're like, man, Nate, you're talking about a lot of stuff and a lot of content. Uh, You know, I can't remember all of it. Make sure to check out our podcast app. And so our, our, excuse me, our app for our podcast. And so Priority Talk, it's a podcast form as well, not just live on air, but you can check it out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. But if if we ever say something, Greg does a great job, I'm trying to do a good job, but if we say something and you can't remember it, make sure to check out the uh, podcast as well, and this will be on it. But anyways, moving back to our topic uh, with Jesus, I often think... What if we led with him? And I preached a sermon recently on this. I titled it The Jesus I Know. And and our culture loves Jesus. Our culture might not like the church. People don't believe the church. People don't sometimes like it as an institution. There are a lot of scandals out there. You know, you think the Catholic Church, uh, recent revelations in the SBC, things like that, really unfortunate things. And so people don't always trust the church. People also don't always trust pastors. Um, I was looking at this. This was on a pulse. Uh, There is a poll that talks about, you know, uh, how do people trust pastors uh, compared to other uh, other people? People trust scientists, doctors, and teachers. You know, over 50% of people trust them. But then down on this list on Pulse.com, you look and you see where uh, clergy and priests are. 21% of people 
do not, excuse me, 21% of people trust priests and pastors and clergy. So one out of every five people that you run into trusts pastors. And so people don't trust the church. People don't trust clergy and ministers. And so you're honestly looking at the numbers and the the pastors are down with uh, almost with politicians and government officials and executives. Think of the most non-trustworthy people and pastors are almost there. And, and that's really unfortunate. But then move it to Jesus and everyone loves Jesus. So what if we led with that with our evangelism? talking about Jesus, our relationship with Jesus, how our relationship with Jesus blesses us, everything that God does for us, you know, thanksgiving and praise. And so, uh, you know, maybe your church makes hot dogs, grills hot dogs and hamburgers, rents a bouncy house for the community and holds events. That's wonderful. Keep doing that. You know, maybe your church does this or that for evangelism. Oh, that is great. Don't stop. Do it well. But what if in addition to some of these things, we lead with Jesus? I think about uh, the, uh, where is it? The lyrics from the uh, Doobie Brothers, Jesus is just all right. You know, I, I will spare you my singing voice. Uh, I know Stuart's very disappointed. He wanted to hear me sing. Um, no, he did not. But, uh, you know, the Doobie Brothers, you know, they have these lyrics. Jesus, he's my friend. Jesus, he's my friend. He took me by the hand, led me far from this land. Jesus, he's my friend. So rockers want Jesus. You have rappers that want Jesus. I think of Chance the Rapper and Kanye and uh, other people that'll rap about Jesus. Now, they might have a particular angle or understanding of Jesus, and I get that. But let's maybe start with him. I think that's great, lifting up his name. I think of the story of... In Acts, uh, let's see, Acts chapter 19, where uh, even non-Christian Jews, you know, were going around trying to trying to cast out demons in the name of Jesus. They weren't even Christians, but they saw how powerful the name of Jesus was, and they proclaimed his name, at least they tried to, to cast out demons. Now, in Acts 19, it didn't end so well for them. The man who was possessed kind of kind of gave them a, a spanking, you could say, and they, they ran out, but it had a profound effect on the city of Ephesus, seeing all the extraordinary things that Jesus did through Paul and the church. And so I just think maybe, maybe we should... Uh, talk about that more you know uh, we do a lot of things we have fancy ad campaigns we have you know uh, all the other ways we go about things but with evangelism let's talk about our devotions our devotionals excuse me let's talk about the ways that god has blessed us and so when people are struggling people are hurting and you come alongside them you give them a hug and you say man god spoke to me through this bible verse i was reading uh, let me tell you about my relationship with jesus and how good god is to me and uh, would you like to know him do you want me to tell tell you more and that's much more attractive than you know an institutionalized church these days because people don't trust the church 
only 21% of people trust pastors, priests, and clergy. So that's not a great number. And so as we're wanting to glorify God and do things well, let's lead with Jesus. I think that's a great thing to do. But anyways, friends, we're going to head to break. Don't move. Don't change the dial. Stay tuned in. This is WXJC Radio Priority Talk. I'll see you on the other side of the break. Marketing can be overwhelming. The marketing landscape is full of holes to lose your money. Stop trying to piece your marketing together. Start marketing with a purpose. Dot Edison Marketing is your full-service marketing partner. They are your business's outsourced marketing team. Call them at 205-332-3728 or go to their website at dotedison.com. This is Greg, and I want you to know about my friend Jeff Harding and Alabama Reliable Roofing. Your local roofing expert since 1998, Alabama Reliable Roofing provides residential and commercial clients with exceptional roofing services. Jeff and his experienced team are well-equipped to provide repairs and installations of shingle and metal roofs. Look, I know the importance of a roof and that it's one of the biggest investments you make in your home, place of business, or church facilities. Alabama Reliable Roofing understands this as well and has the experience to work with your insurance company in case of storm damage. So whether your roof has suffered from storm damage and needs repairs, or it just may be time for a new roof, you need an inspection to determine the next steps. Company owner Jeff Harding is waiting on your phone call and will be personally involved with every job. Call him at 205-369-9630 for a no-obligation conversation and a free estimate. Look at their work on the Alabama Reliable Roofing Facebook page and then call Jeff at 205-369-9630. Alabama Reliable Roofing, 205-369-9630. It's time to pick up that phone and call Greg right now at Priority Talk at 205-941-1011. Hi, I'm Mark Phillips and you're listening to Priority Talk right here on WXJC. Hey, hey, welcome back to Priority Talk Radio. I'm your host for tonight, Nate Williams. Uh, Greg Davis is traveling. He's on the road. And so uh, y'all, y'all are hanging with me tonight, and I appreciate that. So we are heading towards the uh, 6 o'clock hour, about uh, 10 minutes away from that. So, yeah, here we are. We've talked about Columbus Day. We've talked about PayPal doing some shady things. And how Christians uh, could, and in my humble opinion, should respond to it. And then uh, last last section, we talked about evangelism, leading with Jesus, lifting his name high, because the name of Jesus is powerful. I think of uh, the uh, Kirk Franklin song, something about the name of Jesus. Uh, now, I love these lyrics. Maybe these will bless you. There is something about the name Jesus. It is the sweetest name I know. Oh, how I love the name Jesus. It is the sweetest name I know. Some people say I'm crazy, but I can't explain the power that I feel when I call your name. It's just like fire shut up in my bones. The Holy Ghost is moving and just won't leave me 
alone. Something about the name of Jesus by Kirk Franklin. And uh, really, really love those lyrics. There's something about the name of Jesus. So let's uh, let's talk about him more, you know. Uh, and so I think that's important. And so, yeah, a- another effective way of evangelizing. And I recently did this on the Wallace State Community College campus. I lead a Monday Bible study there. I'm the chapter director of Ratio Christi. It's a, a a campus club that focuses on evangelism and apologetics. I lead the club Mondays at 2.30 on campus. And uh, one of those meetings recently, we went evangelizing. And we talked to people about Jesus. We walked around uh, campus, uh, different buildings outside, beautiful weather, which was uh, has been pretty consistent, really. That's been great. And uh, one thing I had the students do is lead with prayer. Now, when you think of evangelism, I don't know what you think of. You might think of Ray Comfort talking about the Ten Commandments and how, you know, we're sinners in need of a Savior. We can't match God's perfect standard. You might think of various other evangelistic methods using pictures and stories and questions. And there are lots of different ways of doing it. But one thing I found that's very effective is talking about prayer asking people, hey, can I pray for you? Uh, what, what do you need? What, do you need me to listen? Uh, what, what can I pray for you about? And you will find that a lot of people, if they have the time, you know, if they're busy going places, might say no and head on their way. But if they have the time, they'll want prayer regardless of whether or not they're Christian. You know, I prayed for atheists. You know, talk about, you know, the cashiers, uh, waiters, waitresses, whatever it might be. Uh, people want prayer because in their mind, if they're not Christian, well, it can't hurt, right? It can't hurt to have some prayer if God's real or the Christian God's real. Well, hey, I might get some bonus points or however the heavenly system works out. That's what they might be thinking. And so I found that instead of giving a five-minute gospel presentation, which can be daunting to give to strangers or, you know, I get that evangelism can be scary. Talk about prayer. Ask, hey, can I pray for you? And you'll run into uh, stressed out moms You'll run into uh, lots of people are lonely and just want community. As we've gone more and more online and people have gone deeper and deeper into social media, a lot of people are lonely. Despite the fact that we have cars, we have groups for everything. You can go talk to anyone on any corner of the globe. You know, people are lonely. I think half of Americans... Yeah, they, they feel that way. And loneliness is, is, is deadly from a health perspective. It actually hurts your body to be lonely. So uh, a lot of people are struggling with finances as inflation has gone up. It's really hard to save money. People are working long hours, picking up side jobs, second jobs. And I understand that. I've I've done that. You know, it's 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 not fun sometimes, but you got to do what you got to do to save money in, in these uh, times and conditions. And so a lot of people are struggling. Um, the the rates of mental illness that's skyrocketing. It's tough to hear people struggling with anxiety and depression. And you know what they need? You know what they need? 
They need someone to pray for them. They need someone to talk to. And they're just waiting for someone to reach out to them. So, you know, do it respectfully. If they decline, that's all right. You can pray for them, often private, when you leave the situation. But I think that's an underrated way of leading to a gospel presentation because depending on how they respond, you can then lead with, hey, do you have a home church? Uh, You can follow up with, uh, you know, do you know Jesus? Have you heard of the gospel? And so uh, here's another thing about have you heard of the gospel? A little bit of a side note. Whatever your thoughts on illegal immigration, legal immigration, whatever they are. I'm not talking politics right now. We can. But I'm not talking politics right now. Regardless of how that should be handled from a policy standpoint, From a church standpoint, you know what it is. It's an opportunity. People are flooding to Birmingham, flooding to Huntsville and other places, other cities, other towns. And regardless of what you think of the politics, we are called by Christ to love those around us. And so, uh, you know, you could have an opportunity there to talk to someone who genuinely has never heard of the gospel or doesn't really know much about it. So if you grew up in the South, you know, there's a church on every corner. Everyone you know is either a Christian, grew up in church, nominally Christian. They'll say they're a Christian, however it works out. But now in the South, as people flood into the South from all different parts of the world, all different parts of the country, you're going to run into people who have genuinely never heard of Jesus or they don't know much about him. And so I view it as an evangelistic opportunity and let's make the most of it. Let's love our neighbor. Let's love the stranger. You know, the Old Testament talks about it. Jesus talks about it. Jesus set the ultimate example for us. And I think uh, from a spiritual standpoint, it is a great opportunity. And one of the ways you can go out and evangelize is to talk about prayer and ask people what they need uh, prayer for. Um, I've, I've prayed for waiters uh, just talking about bills, how money's really tight. And can you, can you pray for me that uh, I can make the rent? Rent has skyrocketed. Uh, man, you're looking at, you know, depending on where you live. I, I used to live in Maryland, uh, the D.C. area, and some of the prices are just ridiculous. So imagine you're a young adult, you don't have savings, uh, you don't have anything built up, and it's just a struggle to pay rent. Like, man, you need a friend, don't you? And that's where the church can come in and do a good job of, you know, whatever's appropriate. People are going to disagree on this, whatever's appropriate. Help to meet needs, form communities, and help people feel loved. And so we want to be on the lookout for that. You know, one saying, I've used this before on air, I believe. One saying people have uh, that that I kind of steal and I use is that you might be the only Jesus people meet. Now, does that mean you're Jesus? No. But what that means is your relationship with God might be the only one, you know, any direct or indirect uh, exposure to the God of the Bible that a person may get. And so we want to make sure that our witness is clean and pure as best as possible. 
Um, we want to make sure we're doing the right thing, saying the right things, and asking for uh, forgiveness when we're not, because you know we're not perfect. We will mess up. So when we do, we want to repent and change and ask for forgiveness. And uh, yeah, like I said, people flooding into the South. You whatever your thoughts on the demographics, and I know they're going to vary. Uh, I think you know let's invite them to church. Let's tell them about the name of Jesus, what He's done for us. Let's pray for them. Let's love them, serve them as best we can. I think I think we can do some real good. And so, yeah, those are some of my thoughts on evangelism, some ways to make it easier, uh, because I get evangelism can be scary. It can be daunting, but it doesn't have to be. And we can practice and do do a good job there. Well, anyways, friends, I'm Nate Williams. This is the end of the first hour. Uh, come back for the second hour from six to seven. This is WXJC Radio Priority Talk. Uh, y'all uh, stay tuned in. This is Greg, and ever since the first time I visited Israel in 1999, I've encouraged others to also experience the land of the Bible for themselves. I'm wondering if you've ever dreamed of visiting the Holy Land and walking where Jesus walked. If so, why don't you pray about touring Israel with me in the summer of 2023? We will experience a 10-day pilgrimage that will include visiting biblical sites around the Sea of Galilee and actually taking an inspirational boat ride on the same waters that Jesus walked upon. We will also visit the holy sites in the city of Jerusalem, including Golgotha and the Garden Tomb. You'll also experience the Dead Sea and many significant Old Testament sites. The Bible will come alive to you like never before. Are you interested at all? Email me, greg at PriorityTalkRadio.com, and I'll share with you much more information about this trip of a lifetime. Email me, greg at PriorityTalkRadio.com, for more information on traveling with me to the Holy Land in summer of 2023. It's time to raise your voice. It's time to be heard. Because everything counts. Everything matters. Good news. Christian values. Alabama's Christian Talk Radio with Greg Davis. Priority Talk. Hey, hey, we are live on this uh, Monday night. This is WXJC Radio Priority Talk. I am your host, Nate Williams. Uh, Greg is uh, out of the studio tonight. He's uh, traveling on the road. Uh, if you know Greg, you know he's always up to something uh, for the gospel, for the kingdom. So we want to make sure to pray for him, safe travels, and all of that. So y'all are with me tonight, and it is a joy to be able to hang out with you. So yeah, this is now the second hour uh, from 6 to 7. I'm glad you're glad you're with me. In the first hour, if you missed it, we talked about Columbus Day, some thoughts on like human nature, how we're flawed. And so then we went to the PayPal story, PayPal's uh, war against misinformation. And we often know how that turns out if you uh, hold an opinion that's not very popular. 
And so just the Christian response to that or one of the possible responses. Then uh, for the rest of the hour, we talked about evangelism, talking about Jesus, uh, praying with people, all the ways that we can go spread the gospel and opportunities out there. So that was the first hour. If you missed it, well, you don't have to because not only is Priority Talk on air live right now. If you missed it, we're also we also have a podcast, Priority Talk. It's on Apple, Spotify, um, other places as well. Go check it out. It's a lot a lot of good stuff there with Greg, myself, Stuart. Stuart's the bomb. He's our producer helping out. Uh, Stuart, uh, you do anything fun recently? You uh, I don't know. Went to camp last week. Went to camp. Yeah, went to camp. Oh, that's awesome. There oh, yeah. we are. Stuart leads a more exciting life than I do. I was not uh, too much. Not to, don't worry. Not too much. Oh, you're not moonlighting as a superhero when it gets dark. Oh, that sounds scary. I don't know. Uh, he just says that. So it depends he, on what powers I had. If I could fly, it'd be a lot easier. Flying would be super cool. But that's just Stuart being humble. You know, he doesn't want to give away. You know, his uh, what he what he does when you know saving the world and all that stuff. But anyway, Stuart's with me, and so yeah, we're having a good time. We're gonna head to the phone lines. We have a caller, Gary. Welcome in. Uh, how are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing great. What's on your mind? Well, you were talking about evangelism, so I was wondering this. If a person were to ask you, what must I do to be saved, what would you tell that person? And uh, I'll get off the phone and listen to you on the the radio. Okay, thank you. Oh, thanks for calling in. That's a... Thank uh, you. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for calling. That is a great question. Uh, What must one do to be saved? And, uh, you know, that's... uh, That's what we're looking for when we evangelize. And so the verse that comes to mind for me is Romans 10, verse 9. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so what you declare with your mouth is uh, what you believe in your heart. And so Paul has some beautiful words there. And you know what? Romans 10 is so awesome. I'm just going to keep going. So then uh, in verse 10, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And so uh, verse 11, as scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Verse 12, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. Verse 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I like that right there. And so I would probably respond with with something like that. Romans chapter 10 is great. You know, we often talk about with evangelism, uh, the Romans road. You talk, you know, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so then you walk through Romans, you get to Romans 10, and it's believing in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now, I'm going to have a quick comment there, Gary. I am so thankful for your call. Um, Lord and Savior. So we know that believe putting your trust in Jesus will save you, but then we don't stop there, right? 
oftentimes the way we're taught, maybe you went to summer camp, uh, you went down for the altar call, gave your life to Jesus. That is incredible. Maybe you got a Bible. I don't know how it worked out for you. And we love that. We love um, we love all those things. And so we love the Savior part, right? But then after salvation, Jesus is Savior and Lord. And so we also want to walk with people through discipleship. Don't leave people stranded. Sometimes people get saved and we're like, great. All right, good. And then we leave them. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Walk with them, disciple them, you know, point them to a pastor, an elder, a deacon, someone that, you know, uh, can help them grow in their faith. Because uh, how do you read the Bible? You're handed a Bible. We don't know what to do with it. You know, you're not born. There's, we're not born with that knowledge of what to do next. Um, what about the spiritual disciplines, right? You think reading your Bible, praying, fasting, meditating, memorizing scripture, all these great things through which God transforms us. The Holy Spirit changes us from the inside to become more and more like Jesus. I'm thinking of Philippians chapter 1, Philippians chapter 3, elsewhere. Paul has a lot of teachings on becoming like Jesus. And and that's the goal, right? And so Jesus is not only our Savior after salvation— He's also our Lord that we obey. I'm thinking of John 15, obeying the commands of God if we love him. And so I would say something along those lines, Gary. uh, You know, it might vary depending on the situation. But you know what? You can't go wrong with Romans. But uh, Romans can be tricky. You know, Romans can be tricky with the theology. But when it comes to salvation, you know, Jesus alone saves. Not our works. We can't boast. We can't hold it over God. Hey, God, you know what? What a favor I did to you by, by, you know, believing in you, God. Wow, I'm just the greatest. No, God could use and has used anyone, any position, uh, any lifestyle, any job title. You know, God could use anyone for his kingdom. And so uh, it's just by grace we've been saved. Ephesians uh, 2 verses 8 through 9. You know, that's another great verse to memorize. And so we Rest in his name alone, Jesus saves. And so, Gary, with a great call, y'all, call some more. That was awesome. 205-941-1011. And so uh, we're heading to break soon. So I don't want to get too much into our topic for the second hour from 6 to 7. But what is October, right? October is Pastor Appreciation Month. And so WXJCRadio.com is doing some cool things. You want to go on there and nominate your pastor. And so you could win some cool stuff. And so I want to definitely talk about that. But also, uh, we need to talk about pastors. You know, pastoral burnout is a big thing. It's a major thing. A lot of people are leaving the ministry for various things and and for various reasons. And so um, that's what we'll be talking about the second hour. And October, Pastor Appreciation Month, is your pastor appreciated. And when we're on the other side of the break, we'll talk about all the things that your pastor does that you might not even realize is happening. And so, yeah, that's after the break. Y'all stay tuned in. Don't go anywhere. This is WXJC Radio Priority Talk. I'm your host, Nate Williams. We will be right back. Priority Talk. 
One Point USA is a security company serving churches and businesses in the state of Alabama. Don't wait until something happens to protect your employees and your valuable property. One Point USA's experienced staff understands your security needs and wants to help you before a problem arises. From video surveillance to card access control and commercial security systems, One Point USA has got you covered. Call One Point USA today at 205-701-0191. That's 205-701-0191 or visit OnePointUSA.com. That's the number OnePointUSA.com. OnePointUSA. Be secure. Greg Davis here, and I want to remind you of Priority Talk's longest-running advertiser, and that's Today's Family Dentistry, your friendly dental practice conveniently located in downtown Coleman. Make your appointment to see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Key Tan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, along with an experienced and certified team of dental technicians, along with a friendly staff, I might add, who serve both children and adults with a wide range of dental services. That includes general and restorative care, along with the cosmetic enhancements to meet all of your family's dental needs. Today's Family Dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield All Kids, and most commercial insurances. Give them a call today and make your appointment. 256-739-3337. That's Today's Family Dentistry located in downtown Coleman. Call today and make your appointment. 256-739-3337. Today's Family Dentistry in downtown Coleman. Are you listening or just joined us? Guess what? It's time to call Greg at 205-941-1011. Hey guys, this is Mike Grayson from the band Mike's Chair, and you're listening to Priority Talk with Greg Davis right here on one of my favorites, WXJC. Welcome back to Priority Talk Radio. We are live on this Monday night, the second hour, 6 to 7. Y'all make sure to check out that first hour. You know, we talked about a lot of good stuff. I'm your host for tonight, Nate Williams. Uh, Greg Greg Davis is uh, on the road traveling, and so he will be back with us very soon. And so, yeah, it is me, me and Stuart, and we're having a good time. And so the first hour... We talked about Columbus Day. We talked about PayPal and the story of their uh, campaign against misinformation. And then we talked about evangelism, different ways of spreading the gospel. And then in the first section, Gary called uh, and he uh, asked about, you know, uh, how would I respond to uh, what must I do to be saved? And I pointed to Romans 10 verse 9 and we talked about that and it was wonderful. So if you're going to call in, the number is 205-941-1011. And this is the question I have for you. How has a pastor in your life blessed you? What is something they've done that helped you, served you, and showed you the love of Jesus Christ? So if you call in, you know, Greg always says you know, to, to me with his advice, he's like, you know, make sure to ask a good question. And I think for this month, 
Pastor Appreciation Month? That is a great question to ask. And so, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. For me, there are a couple pastors I want to call out. One is uh, Pastor Airy up in Maryland. I remember from a young age listening to his sermons, and I just loved the way he talked about God. When Pastor Airy talked about God, it just, it, it, you know, you could tell he, he had a personal relationship with Jesus because you could just hear the worship in his voice as he talked about how good God has been to him. So that's one pastor. I, you know, I, I think he's incredible. Another pastor who did a lot for me is uh, Pastor Nate. Um, yes, we have the same name. Pastor Nate was my youth pastor in Maryland as well before I moved to Alabama. And uh, he took an interest in my spiritual walk with God as a teenager. And he set me on fire for discipleship because as he discipled me and I saw the way that he impacted my life, uh, well, I was like, man, I got to do this for other people. And I think discipleship is so important that we don't leave people stranded. And so I want to do a shout out there. And so are your pastors in your church feeling appreciated? Do you let them know? I think of it this way as a, as a parent. You know, you want to tell your children, hey, I love you. I'm proud of you. Right. And so a kid might grow up knowing those things like, yeah, I know my parents love me. I know my parents are proud of me, but it's different when you actually say it. It's different when you actually say it and they can feel the love as opposed to just kind of knowing it, assuming it, growing up being like, yeah, that's the way it was, but I I never really heard it. That's how it can be with pastors. Sometimes we appreciate them on the inside, but there's no telepathy of appreciation that then you feel it towards them and then they just magically feel it on their end. That's not how that works. You got to let them know Um, because sometimes ministry can be quite lonely. It can be lonely preparing for sermons. You know, I, I don't know how many people know this, but some pastors when preparing a sermon, They'll take between 10 to 15 hours. Uh, Some people do it faster. Some people take longer. But that's oftentimes what I've heard, 10 to 15 hours to prepare a sermon. That's, you know, expositing the text, diving in with commentaries, language helps, language guides, uh, praying about it, meditating on it, and then, you know, using illustrations, using stories, whatever it might be, depending on the passage. You pour your heart and soul into sermons. And then sometimes, you know, I, I get it. I get it. The skill of preachers will vary. You know, I, I, I understand that. But it can be tough sometimes as a pastor to preach week in, week out and not really hear much from their congregation, get very little feedback. Um, and so uh, we want to encourage our pastors, you know, through, with their sermon prep. Pastors often function as chaplains. You know, they're on call. They're always uh, busy uh, visiting places, hospitals, rehab facilities, homes, whatever it might be. They're busy putting out fires. They're oftentimes the the point person for uh, when things go wrong. So they're always putting out fires. 
pastors uh, oftentimes run the social media uh, accounts for their church. And so they're taking pictures, making videos, graphics, and uh, that can be tough as particularly if that's not really your thing, but that's kind of thrust on you. That can be tough to handle because uh, social media takes its own set of skills. Uh, HR manager, pastors will often manage a staff. And so uh, lots of things. They'll function as counselors. They'll, they'll function as sometimes legal help. People will go with them with legal problems. And uh, yeah, and so then they need to, you know, as is appropriate, uh, offer legal advice. And it can be really tough. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot that they do behind the scenes that you might not even be aware of, but uh, they shoulder a whole lot. And so make sure that you you let them know you appreciate them and they need grace too. Pastors are not finished products. They haven't mastered their relationship with God. They haven't perfected it. They're humans too. They need encouragement. They need a good night's sleep. They need some good food, all of that. And so, uh, yeah, we will welcome on a caller. We have a couple minutes here. James, uh, come on, what you got? Hey, um, well, I wanted to uh, say that one of the best things a pastor ever did for me, um, it brought to mind the last uh, previous caller before the break, was to teach me that um, the, this whole Romans Road thing is not what the first century church actually practiced at all for salvation. But in the book of Acts, we always, always, always consistently see the pattern of repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It was actually issued as a command by the apostles, and it was used for Jews, Samaritans, Gentiles, believers with unfinished business. Paul even said of his own testimony when talking to that governor of Rome, uh, he said that when he was told to call upon the name of the Lord, that baptism was connected in that same instruction. Uh, Ananias said, Why tarriest thou, Paul, but arise and be baptized in Jesus' name, washing away your sins as you call upon the name of the Lord. So that needs to be connected to uh, the plan of salvation every single time. It's not a work to obey the instruction of Christ. That's just the protocol that they practiced. Absolutely, James. Thank you for that call. That's a that's a great point. Oftentimes, uh, you know, we kind of grew up in Christendom. Uh, James, thank you for that call. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it. We, yeah, we had a baptism oftentimes because adults were the ones who were saved in the beginning of the church, right? Uh, and so right away. You repented from your sins, you turned from your sins, you believed in Jesus, and you were baptized. And there wasn't this great disconnect that there is now where uh, you can be saved, you repent, you're saved, and then you kind of put off baptism for a long time. You take a couple classes, you uh, get your theology down, and we've disconnected baptism from salvation. Now, I do want to be clear you know, it's not uh, water 
water being sprinkled on you or being dunked in water, that part doesn't save you. It's Jesus that saves you, obviously. But uh, it's a critical component. It's a command of Jesus to, uh, you know, uh, Paul demonstrates it. Go and uh, go and be baptized when you're saved. And so it is a public declaration of your faith. And different denominations will have different thoughts on baptism there. But one thing we all can agree on, it's a command. When you're saved, go get baptized. And so, uh, yeah, that's a great call, James. I appreciate it. Something to keep in mind. And a pastor helped walk you through that theology. And so, yeah, we're talking about pastors in the second hour. And we're talking about uh, salvation. Uh, we talk about Romans, repentance, all the good stuff. And so on the other side of the break, I'm going to dive into some of the statistics of pastoral burnout and some things we can do to try to help our pastors. And the statistics are daunting. I'm not going to lie. They don't look good. And so we want to do what we can as congregations to love our pastors who lead us. And so, yeah, that's going to be on the other side of the break. I'm so glad you're with us tonight on the second hour. And, uh, yeah, this is WXJC Radio Priority Talk. I'm your host, Nate Williams. Do not go anywhere. The UAB football season is in full swing and tickets are on sale now to see your Blazers in action at Protective Stadium. Visit UABsports.com to grab your tickets and stay updated on all of the latest information about upcoming games, great promotions, and deals for the whole family. Single game tickets start at just $20. Grab your seats today at UABsports.com. Don't miss a minute of the action. UAB Blazer football tickets on sale now at UABsports.com. UAB football, win is one. It's time for gospel singing and fun for all ages on November 5th at the Ryan's Creek Baptist Church Fall Festival. The fun begins at 3 p.m. with a special appearance at 6 from Brian Freeze and Assurance. The festival will be held at 24849 County Road, 222 Bremen, Alabama, 35033. Call 601-650-6283 for more information. And now, back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like... Hey, hey, welcome back to Priority Talk Radio. I am your host tonight, Nate Williams. Glad you're listening in. Uh, Greg Davis is out. He's uh, traveling, doing some good stuff. And so, uh, yeah, I, I am on the air tonight. We are live. Yeah, the phone number is 205 941 1011. Check out the WXJCRadio.com. Check out the app. Uh, we're on uh, social media as well. And so I want to make sure to talk about some of those things. And uh, what are we talking about the second hour? Well, that's a great question. We are talking about pastors and pastoral burnout. And so uh, James called in to talk about how his pastor led him to a theology where uh, baptism is in its rightful place for believing, uh, you know, believers where you repent 
you turn from your sins, you believe in Jesus, and then you obediently go and you be baptized. That was the New Testament model. And so, yeah, we're going to dive into some pastoral burnout statistics. And uh, yeah, it's not not awesome. Let's just put it that way. So this is Barna. Uh, the, when, when I cite these statistics, they're coming from two places. Barna, and then a website website called Pastoral Care Incorporated. And so just a heads up for the sources, that's where I'm getting these numbers. According to Barna, 38%, so let's just round it up because, uh, you know, math is not my strong suit, so I like nice and simple. 40% of U.S. pastors, so uh, what is that? That is two in five, right? Two in five pastors, 40%, have thought about quitting full-time ministry in the past year. This is from 2021, almost a year ago. So I figure numbers aren't going to change dramatically, so I'll go ahead and use it. So two in five pastors are thinking about quitting. Now, let's say you are a part of a large church with a large pastoral staff. That is two out of your five pastors, ministers, youth pastors, all all those people, two in five of them are thinking about leaving. And now if you're a part of a smaller church and you know you put a few smaller churches together to get to five pastors and uh, yeah, two out of five of them are thinking about leaving. And uh, there are reasons for this and we'll talk about it. But um, one of the alarming findings is that 46% of them say uh, are, are under the age of 45. So you might consider them quote unquote younger, whatever you think of ages. Age is just a number or maybe... You're like me, 25 years old, uh, worked in a warehouse for a few years and your back's hurting. You know, maybe you think you're older. I don't know. But under the age of 45, 46% of pastors, uh, that's where the group comes from. That's a lot. And then compared to 34% of pastors, 45 and older, say the same thing. And so a lot of the people who put it simply, a lot of the people who are considering quitting are the younger pastors. And so we want to, you know, because we're thinking of the next generation, right? So the older generation hands the baton off to the younger generation. But here's the thing. Now, I'm not the most, you know, uh, smartest whippersnapper out there. I don't know. But when you hand a baton off, you have to hand it to someone. If you don't hand the baton off, you're just left looking silly holding a baton. And so if we have younger pastors quitting, there's no one to hand the baton to. And so we want to definitely make sure that as best we can, we take care of our pastors. I want to put in a quick note. This does not allow for pastoral abuse. If pastors are not doing what they're supposed to be doing, not putting the care, the effort, the time, the energy in that they should then yes, something needs to be done. So this is not excusing pastors who, uh, you know, put in low quality work. But this is for your average hardworking pastor trying to change lives, transform souls, help people worship, grow closer to God. This is what we're talking about. And so moving down in the Barna article, Another headline is only one in three pastors. Okay, so only one in three is considered healthy in terms of well-being. So again, let's let's make this real. Let's make this practical. Think of three pastors that, that you know in your own life. Three pastors, picture them. I have three in my head right now. Only one of them out of every three considers themselves 
to be healthy in terms of well-being. At this point, you might ask, well, what does healthy mean? And so uh, we're going to talk about that. There are six categories according to the Barna survey. There's relationships. There's spiritual well-being. There is physical, emotional, vocational, and financial. So think about all the different areas of your life as a pastor. The six of them, broadly speaking, only one in three pastors say that they are healthy across the board, with um, 40% considering themselves average, kind of like maybe a few of the categories they're doing good, a few of them. And then 25% roughly are unhealthy. So that means like generally across the board unhealthy. And so, yeah, that's concerning. We want our pastors to be healthy. You know, we want to make sure they're taken care of. And, and some of that is on the pastor, right? You know, the pastor, you know, we always talk about, you know, you want to eat well. You want to make sure you're outside and exercising. And there are some things within a pastor's control. But also, in addition to that, the congregation has a role to play in this as well. And so we want to make sure we're walking a good line there between personal responsibility, but also community, uh, well-being, healthy behaviors towards your pastor. And so we want our pastors to be healthy. But right now, it looks like only one in three pastors consider themselves healthy in terms of well-being. And if you're not healthy, you you might not last long in ministry. And if you do, if you do, you might not be able to put in some good work and, and it really affects your your soul. You're, you're hurting. And so uh, we want to make sure we're aware of these things and uh, we want to make sure our pastors are, are taken care of as is appropriate. And so uh, before COVID, looking at some more numbers, 72 pastors, excuse me, 72 percent of the pastors report working between 55 to 75 hours per week. So think about that. This is before COVID, so so the numbers might be a little different now. But 72% of pastors report working between 55 to 75 hours a week. Now, on top of all these hats, that's a lot of hours to work. On top of being a husband, on top of being a father, on top of you know, taking care of a family, taking kids to uh, soccer practice, basketball, baseball, football, whatever it might be, on top of being involved in your community. Think about it. You know, a lot of pastors volunteer. They're on uh, school boards, boards of this, boards of that. You know, also, we want our pastors and really everyone, you also need hobbies. You also need to be doing enjoyable things that you do just for fun, regardless of whether or not you're good at it. Now, that's me with golf. You know, that's me with some sports. I go do them. I'm not great at it, but I'll go do them because it's enjoyable. Uh, you know, and uh, yeah, so we want our pastors to have some free time to go relax and enjoy life, enjoy God's beautiful creation. And when you're working around 75 hours a week, that's a lot. That is a lot. 84% um, of pastors feel they are on call 24-7. And so if you're on call 24-7, your ability to relax 
uh, is very minimal. Now, part of that comes with the territory. I, I can hear that. I can hear someone saying that. Well, well, you're a pastor. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. And, and I get that. But what if we help to take some of the load off of this and uh, maybe do some of that ourselves when possible? And so uh, let's not look to our pastors to do all the care, concern, hospitality, prayer leading, visiting. They can do the brunt of it, but we want to walk alongside them and do, again, as is appropriate. That's like the three words that kind of defines a lot of what I say, as is appropriate, because people can take it too far. Um, we want to make sure to help and serve. Um, let's see. What else do we got here? 80% of pastors believe that pastoral ministry has negatively affected their families. You know, uh, we want our pastors to lead their families well, right? Well, that can be tough in pastoral ministry. Many pastors' children do not attend church now because of what the church has done to their parents. So, uh, you know, a lot of children are watching. This goes for every area of life that children are watching you and what you do. So we want to make sure that we're living as we should and apologizing when we don't. Well, this also is the case with pastors' children, that when a church doesn't lead, uh, excuse me, a church does not love its pastors well, you know, the children are watching that and they're like, man, do I want to be a part of a church when I'm older? seeing how that church treated my parents. And so we want to be mindful of that as well. Now, why am I saying this? I'm not putting everything on churches. Please hear me clearly. It's up to a pastor to also be doing those things well on their own, too, as is appropriate. So pastors need to make sure that we're exercising, that we are eating well, sleeping well as best we can, you know, get involved in hobbies, do counseling, therapy. You know, I would advise pastors, and we'll talk about this more on the other side of the break. I'd advise pastors to have a therapist or a counselor outside of the church, someone they can talk to, friends and counselors. Uh, uh, Accountability partners outside of the church that they can vent to, all of that. But uh, again, it's a relationship, right? The church and its pastors. We want to make sure that we are taking care of both sides as best we can. But yeah, on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about that. How can churches, what are some practical ways, practical things churches do? What can they do to help take care of their pastors, staff members, all of that? It'll be on the other side of the break. Thank you for joining us on the second hour of Priority Talk Radio, WXJC. We will be back. Don't go anywhere. Priority Talk. Scale your business with a dedicated team of experts. A marketing vendor focuses on profit. A marketing partner focuses on your business. With Dot Edison, there is no more taking, only serving. Feel great about your marketing with Dot Edison. Call them at 205-332-3728 or go to their website at dotedison.com. This is Greg, and I want you to know about my friend Jeff Harding and Alabama Reliable Roofing. Your local roofing expert since 1998, Alabama Reliable Roofing provides residential and commercial clients with exceptional roofing services. Jeff and his experienced team are well-equipped to provide repairs and installations of shingle and metal roofs. Look, I know the importance of a roof and that it's one of the biggest investments you make in your home, 
place of business or church facilities. Alabama Reliable Roofing understands this as well and has the experience to work with your insurance company in case of storm damage. So whether your roof has suffered from storm damage and needs repairs, or it just may be time for a new roof, you need an inspection to determine the next steps. Company owner Jeff Harding is waiting on your phone call and will be personally involved with every job. Call him at 205-369-9630 for a no-obligation conversation and a free estimate. Look at their work on the Alabama Reliable Roofing Facebook page and then call Jeff at 205-369-9630. Alabama Reliable Roofing, 205-369-9630. Hi, Alabama. This is Robert Jeffers, Bible teacher on Pathway to Victory. Thank you so much for listening to Priority Talk with my friend, Greg Davis, right here on WXJC. All righty, we are back live. WXJC Radio, Priority Talk. I'm your host, Nate Williams. Greg is out traveling, and so it's been me tonight, and me with Stuart. Stuart is uh, doing a great job, as always, helping everything to run smoothly. And so we've been talking about a lot of good stuff tonight. And if you've missed it, don't worry. We have a podcast you can listen to, Priority Talk. Make sure to check it out. It's on Apple Spotify, other places. And so the first hour, we talked about Columbus Day, PayPal, and its war against misinformation, supposedly. We talked about evangelism. What's the best way to talk about Jesus and praying for people, all that. And then this hour has been all about pastors, pastoral burnout, how we can love our pastors. And that's how we will uh, finish the second hour from six to seven. And uh, yeah, and I want to talk quickly about a statistic. Statistic I thought was really interesting. 53% of pastors report that seminary did not prepare them for ministry. And so I went to seminary to uh, through Beeson Divinity School in Birmingham. So shout out to Beeson. It's a local here to Birmingham. And uh, I think it did a pretty good job. But a lot of seminaries don't because seminaries will tell you all about theology Well, that's great. They'll teach you sermon prep. That's wonderful. But what often happens is for a pastor, they they do those things. You read the theology books and you prepare for sermons and you preach. But that's just a tip of the iceberg when it comes to the day-to-day stuff, the chaplaincy, the, the counseling, the conflict resolution. And so I think seminaries, in addition to teaching good, sound theology, need to make sure they're doing a good job of preparing pastors for the day-to-day realities of ministry and not just being stuck in ideals. Well, this is ideally how it should be because on the ground it doesn't often turn out that way. So seminaries there just want to talk about that briefly. But how can churches love their pastor? So this is where, you know, October is Pastor Appreciation Month. And so uh, what, what are some practical ways a pastor can do that? So one is verbal encouragement. Right. Let your pastor know. Give them shout outs, uh, not in an ego boosting way, but you want to honor the blessings in your life and your pastor works hard. So we want to do that. Um, honestly, some some pastors find it really tough to take a vacation or a sabbatical. Pastors need it. 
uh, pastoral ministry can can be taxing on on the soul their relationship with God, you know, on their families. And so when it comes to time off, when it comes to honoring those things, we want to make sure we bless our pastors in that way. Uh, Maybe shouldering some of the load. Think about social media. Think about hospital visits. Yes, pastors can do all those things, but a pastor might not be gifted in certain areas or may, might just have so many hats that they're wearing that maybe some, uh, some, uh, congregation members who are able to can help to shoulder the load on some of those things. You know, I think of uh, taking pastors out to eat dinner, making them meals, uh, you know, blessing them when it comes to their children in various ways, babysitting, all all the stuff comes to mind that we want to make sure pastors feel appreciated. You know, now I want to talk about a landmine, I need to be careful here, but also pastoral pay. Sometimes churches with with their money, and I need to be careful here because, you know, Greg will come back and be like, man, you know, all these people are angry at you. Why'd you talk about that? Just kidding. Greg wouldn't do that. But I need to be careful here. I get it. But money is a real factor, y'all. We got to talk about it that, you know, you want to, as is appropriate, Again, those three words always come back. You want to take care of your pastors. Now, that doesn't mean the pastor takes advantage of the church. That doesn't mean, you know, what, what, whatever you take it to mean. But we want to honor God with the way that we use our money. And so uh, just uh, that's a good thing to sit on, meditate on. But a lot of pastors are in financially tight situations. A shout out to my bivocational pastors that they're pulling 40 hours a week at somewhere. Um, You know, I worked for a church as a young adult intern, and I was also working at a warehouse going to seminary, and it was tough. I know a lot of pastors pulling two jobs on top of everything else they have to do. And so it can it can just be tricky and we want to acknowledge that and do what we can and i get church budgets are different you have small churches large churches everything in between every church situation is its own beast i get it i get it but we want to love as best we're able to and so there's that let's see what else what else we got um what we want to make sure again counseling this is pastors pastors make sure uh, you have your own hobbies make sure that you have a therapist and a counselor a lot of pastors are lonely they don't want to dump everything on their wives right wives can do a lot but uh you know you don't want to dump everything on your wife And then you don't want to dump everything on your children. That's not appropriate necessarily, depending on the situation. You know, there are a lot of things you keep bottled up on the inside, a lot of struggles. And so make sure you have a therapist or a counselor outside of the church. Make sure also if you're going to vent to someone, you know, I've received this pastoral wisdom several times over. Be careful, you know, uh, dumping it all on a church member because whether people mean well or mean ill, sometimes that can get around and it's destructive. So make sure you have a couple friends outside of the church that if you're going to talk about the church, that uh, you do it with them because, you know, we we get it, y'all. Hey, we all hate church politics. We all hate, maybe you just hate politics in general, but it's also just necessarily how it is to interact with human beings. There will be some 
political stuff going on. So you just be careful. It's wise. People can mean well. All parties can mean well. But then signals get crossed. Uh, there's miscommunication. Um, I hate to use the word misinformation because of what it's turned into politically now. But there's that as well. And so you want the communication lines to be open and honest. Um but also loving. And here's another thing, y'all. Whether it's pastors forgiving and loving the churches they serve, whether it's churches forgiving and loving the pastors who serve them, but make sure that grace abounds, right? People are going to make mistakes. Now, doesn't excuse maybe some of the bigger mistakes that should uh, someone should leave ministry for. I'm not saying that. But the smaller day-to-day stuff, uh, make sure grace abounds. People have long days. People don't feel well. People are stressed, anxious, worried, depressed. And sometimes that interaction with pastors can, can just be a little tough from time to time. And so make sure there is lots and lots of grace for, uh, you know, one another. And we, because the, the outside church, uh, excuse me, the outside world is watching. They're watching churches and church life and pastors and scandals. And, uh, you know, we want to make sure that we honor Jesus Christ by the way we interact with one another, with brotherly love. That's the goal, right? Well, friends, this has been the second hour, and it has been a blast. Thank you for uh, tuning in, for listening. We're on 5 to 7 uh, weekdays, Monday through Friday, WXJC Radio, FM 101.1, AM 850. We have a website, WXJCRadio.com. We're on, we have a podcast, Priority Talk. Y'all, it has been a blast. Remember to drive safe if you're going home from work or you're going to sports practice, whatever it might be, y'all, and uh, make sure that we're honoring Jesus and all that we say, all that we do, um, and uh, keep running the race well. Keep running the race well. Uh, Greg will be back soon, so you know we'll continue those conversations. Y'all uh, keep on coming back. It is a joy and an honor to be with you tonight, and so I'll leave you with uh, encouragement, y'all. Life is tough. It's rough, but we have a God who's always with us, who loves us, who will take care of us, y'all. So we are thankful for the gospel. And I'll leave, leave you with a little gospel uh, message that we're sinners. We've messed up. We've messed up real bad. But God loves us. He sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins. He lived the perfect life on earth. He was the perfect sinless Lamb of God slain on the cross for our sins. So that if you trust and believe in him alone, you will be saved. And you will live for eternity with him. And that is unbelievably encouraging. Because I don't know about you. Sometimes I look at the news and I get depressed. I get angry. And I, I don't know what to feel some days. But I know I serve an incredible God who loves me. And when I read those last pages of the Bible, I know it's all going to turn out okay. And that is encouraging, friends. So make sure you're coming on back. WXJC Radio, Priority Talk. I'm Nate Williams, and I will talk to you later.